Hello everyone and welcome back to the biology review of the MCAT. Today's chapter is going to be covering a kind of heavy section, which is the endocrine system. And the reason I say it's heavy is just because of all the hormones we have to memorize for this test. But hopefully through mnemonics and explanations of different hormones, you'll be able to comprehend it better in order to help you memorize it. Uh, now, the chart for this is, it might be available online, you know, the list of hormones and their functions. But if not, and if you have the MCAT series, uh, like the book review series, uh, it's available in the quick sheets. So I hope that it's also available online to anyone that may not have the books. But no worries, we'll cover the main ones in this section. Okay, so let's get started with the endocrine system. So what exactly makes up the endocrine system? Well, we have glands and hormones. And hormones, um, well, there's a lot of them in the body. And there's different kinds of hormones. And I'm not going to explain them right now, just so I can get to them more towards the middle or more towards the end, just because it's the longer part of the section. All right, so the book makes an allusion to hormones as being Wi-Fi. And it's basically trying to emphasize the fact that hormones are not electrically signaled, so they don't really function like neurons. And let me just uh, repeat some phrases from previous sections. So there's endocrine, which refers to signals being relayed far. Paracrine, which is signals relayed uh, regionally or within a small distance. And autocrine is next to. But anyways, we should be familiar with the parts of the endocrine system. And there are five very important parts and i'm going to talk about them starting from top to bottom so the first one which is the most common or the referred to as the master gland is the pituitary gland which is located in the brain and it's responsible for lsh hormone acth lh fsh and hgh and these are reproductive hormones so very important and then next going down in the neck, there's the thyroid hormone, which is responsible for hormones like thyroxine, um, all that. And it's responsible for metabolism. So this kind of is linked to hypothyroidism and hy wait, hyper and hypothyroidism, uh, which does come up a few times because the thyroid is very important for bodily functions. And then we also have the parathyroid um, gland, which is... Uh, essentially the part that controls calcium levels in the body. Super important because um, if there's too much calcium in the blood or too little calcium in the blood, the parathyroid gland kind of takes care of it. All right, next we have the adrenal gland or the adrenal cortex. This is right above the kidneys, and this is responsible for cortisol and aldosterone. And last but not least, we have very important one for diabetic patients which is pancreas and it's responsible for insulin and obviously there's more hormones um, than the ones i just mentioned uh, but i do recommend maybe searching them up i can try to go through them through this recording but it's not going to be that beneficial because there's just too much to memorize all right so it's important to know that the hypothalamus is the control center for the endocrine system. So it essentially links the nervous system with the endocrine system. And a lot of hormones are stored um, in the hypothalamus or they originate from the hypothalamus and then are stored in the pituitary gland. So it's also important to note the hypothalamus is located above the pituitary gland 
and let's go into what what exact hormones come from both. So the hypothalamus secretes GnRH, that's the first hormone, GrH, TRH, GHRH, and DIF. All right, so those are a lot to memorize, uh, but definitely try to review them, maybe search them up, know their functions, and yeah. Next, we can move on to the pituitary gland, which is um, composed of the anterior and the posterior pituitary gland. So the anterior uh, produces hormones like FSH, LH, ACTH, TSH, GH, and prolactin. Super important hormones. And I'll be going into more detail about them. But then there's the posterior pituitary gland, and that's responsible for ADH and oxytocin. ADH is antidiuretic, and oxytocin is the maternal um, hormone. Now, it's very, very important to know the differences between peptide hormones and steroid hormones. So let's get into that right now. So peptide hormones, as you can deduce from the name, are composed of amino acid derivatives, or comes from amino acid derivatives. And then steroid hormones are derived from cholesterol. So if you look at a name of a hormone and you're wondering if it's um, a peptide hormone or a steroid hormone, look at the end of the name. So oftentimes peptide hormones end in IN or INE, so IN or IN. And then, so like uh, an example of this would be calcitonin or ghrelin. Uh, Those are peptide hormones that end in IN, for example. And then steroid hormones tend to end in the suffix O-N-E, ol, or oid. And the the oid suffix is the most uh, easy to remember because steroid ends in oid, and then the the actual steroid hormone might end in oid. Um, but an example of this could be cortisol or testosterone. So those end with the same suffixes, or the suffixes of a steroid hormone. Now, and with, with regards to the properties, uh, we should know that peptides are hydrophilic. So they essentially like water. So peptide hormones like water. And because they're hydrophilic, they can't pass through the membrane and instead reside on the cell surface so they act as secondary messengers. And just remember that when something's hydrophilic, the reason it can't pass through the membrane is because the inside of the membrane is hydrophobic. It's filled with those fatty acid tails of the phospholipids. So it would just get stuck to the top of it. And we should note that steroids are the opposite. So they're hydrophobic, so they can pass through the membranes and they can linger inside the membrane. And uh, they're associated with nuclear receptors because, once again, they can actually enter the membrane. Now, peptides are short-term and fast, so they act fast, versus steroid hormones are long-term and they're slower. And it's also important to know that peptides are associated with active enzymes, and then steroids are associated associated or known to affect transcription. Okay, so let's move on to some important hormones, and these are the anterior pituitary hormones. I already mentioned them once, but here's a mnemonic to remember them because they're very important. Flat peg, so F-L-A-T-P-E-G. 
Now, it's a weird mnemonic, but it helps for the exam day. So let's get right into what it, what it stands for exactly. So F stands for follicle stimulating hormone or FSH. L is luteinizing hormone, which is LH. And then A is this long hormone name that I'm going to try to pronounce, adrenocorticotropic. And that's ACTH. So just remember ACTH. And then T is thyroid stimulating hormone, so TSH. And then it's important to know that these are tropic hormones. And what this means is that they act on other endocrine glands. So, yeah, they only operate on endocrine body parts. And then PEG, which is P-E-G, stands for prolactin, endorphins, and growth hormone. And it's important to know that these are referred to as direct hormones because they act directly on non-endocrine body parts. So if they want to act on any body part that's not in the endocrine system, they can do so directly versus tropic hormones would have to go through another endocrine gland before reaching a different body part. So yeah, once again, flat peg, remember that. Super easy to remember, weird mnemonic, but yeah. There's also a few more mnemonics that may help you remember things, so let's get right into it. Kels okay, so calcitonin. You can remember calcitonin. I previously mentioned it before, but it's a very important hormone. Think of the word tone in calcitonin. So calcitonin tones down calcium levels in the blood. So it lowers plasma calcium levels in three ways. So it can increase calcium excretion from the kidneys, it can decrease calcium absorption from the gut, and it can increase storage of calcium in the bone. So it can tone up the bones. And this is stimulated by high levels of calcium in the blood. So once again, calcitonin tones down calcium in the blood. Simple, straightforward. Okay, next, you should also be familiar with the fact that cortic Corticosteroids, corticosteroids have three functions. And by the way, these are steroids, um, which is obvious because the name ends in the suffix O-I-D-S. But anyways, the three functions can be identified as the three S's. So the first one is salt. And this is attribute to, uh, sorry, attributed to mineral corticoids. And then there's sugar which is attributed to glucocorticoids, and then there's sex, which is attributed to cortical sex hormones. And then another mnemonic is for glucagon. So glucagon acts when glucose is gone. So super fun mnemonic to memorize, but once again, it's glucagon acts when gluco glucose is gone. And glucagon is secreted when, essentially when you're fasting. And it stimulates the degradation of protein and fat. So it converts glucagon to glucose and then produces new glucose via gluconeogenesis. And if you're not familiar with that pathway, uh, it, the book goes more into depth about it in the biochemistry section. Uh, you know, it's associated with the other cycles. It's similar to, um, I guess, the memorizing the memorization of these cycles is are as essential as glycolysis. So I do recommend looking into them. 
but yeah, once again, glucagon acts when glucose is gone. So I hope that these mnemonics were helpful. Now, I did take a practice test yesterday, and I configured a few, or compiled a few endocrine facts, just fun facts that you should be familiar with, based on these questions. All right. So when there's iodine deficiency in the body, this can lead to cretinism, which is uh, also associated with poor neurological and physiological development. And then this also in turn leads to hypothyroidism because essentially hypo means a lack of. So that's how you can remember it. Hypothyroidism is associated with iodine, iodine deficiency. Next, beta cells are responsible for insulin production. So beta cells increase the concentration of glucose. So self-explanatory. Next fact, aldosterone is a mineralocorticoid steroid hormone. And it's essential for sodium conservation in kidneys, salivatory glands, sweat glands, and the colon. And last but not least, this is something interesting I discovered. But dopamine secretion is actually correlated with prolactin secretion. So as dopamine levels decrease or if they're blocked off, then prolactin will not will decrease. Uh, I mean, prolactin secretion will decrease. So yeah, I hope that these facts uh, are able to help you for the exam day. And that's basically all for the endocrine system. I know that it's a lot to take in, especially with the hormones and stuff, but once you're solid on what each hormone does and the common, the most common hormones, so the most common list of hormones, uh, you will be essentially ready for test day with regards to the endocrine system. And I do recommend, once again, searching on maybe Reddit or searching just online sources where you can find a compiled list of what each hormone does and easy ways to remember them. But that's all I have for today. Thank you for listening and good luck with your studies.